Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Hello, Northwest Arkansas. Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas, big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey, folks, and welcome to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited to be with you today. I've got the folks from OzCast here with me today to talk about their program. And, you know, OzCast is a really interesting online creative variety show, and uh, they celebrate the local, regional, and national artists from various backgrounds who work across a broad, multidisciplinary spectrum. And that's taken directly from their website. But I don't want to just read copy. I want you to hear from these guys. So without further ado, I want to welcome Lisa Marie Evans and Mario Troncoso from OzCast to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. How are you guys doing today? Great. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So Lisa, you are the project manager and editor at Ozcast and you were you and I had connected and I was like I really wanted to just kind of sit down and talk with you guys and learn more about what you're doing. I recently watched a few of the episodes, the most recent one being this weekend, and I was just blown away by just a the quality and some things that I just they just really resonated with me very strongly and I would love for you just to kind of give our audience that may not know about Ozcast, just an initial introduction to what Ozcast is all about. Sure. So it's a weekly online show that features local, national, regional artists. And it's basically a compilation of work that streams together into a collective piece. And we have some amazing talent and so locally. And so, you know, we really want to feature the work of our artists and connect them with artists elsewhere to um, showcase the work. Yeah. And I was looking at the, you have a long list of artists there on your website. I mean, I even saw my man, Nate Walls on the website. I mean, you've got Olivia Trimble. I mean, you have some really talented people on this site. How have you kind of procured all these folks? How have they come to know about Ozcast? Well, I think it's important to, to, cover the aspect that the show is created as an emergency fund for artists, like a relief fund for artists at the beginning of the pandemic. So Mario, I'm not sure if you want to talk about that for a little bit, the introduction of the show, because Mario has been with it for the, from the. We cover this season about a hundred artists, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. We also done it all through the pandemic, which if you think about it, once you now have almost 15 episodes out, it's a pretty huge accomplishment for everybody involved but it was created as a relief fund again for the pandemic trying to help artists that were stuck at home create content but also because we realized there were many artists in the region who didn't have any presence online uh, no connections to other artists no connections to any other art scenes in the country so it was excuse to create for them a platform where they could showcase their work also where they could be challenged to create better content so instead of giving charity because of the pandemic, we say instead of giving you money for nothing, let's make some content together. So that was the premise of it. But at the beginning, we didn't really know what people were going to do with it, how much help they were going to need it. And a lot of the people, we realized didn't have the skills and the confidence to create work. So that's where we started getting more involved. So from the beginning of the show to what it is now, we started getting more involved in the production of this content. Okay. So, okay, go ahead. So for your question too, about um, how did we come across the artist? So we have a team at Cash, uh, the Creative Arkansas Community Hub and Exchange. And we have a team there that at the beginning, Mario, this is before I came on, had workshopped with them, some artists. And so everybody would give their input on artists that they felt uh, needed to be showcased so we could get a diverse group on different levels. And then, so that was a good starting base. And then from there, it was mainly outreach and invitation for the artists that have been included so far. So it was a, it was a grass, grassroots approach to curating the content. So no, uh, as, as opposed to having like a fine art, high art approach to it, which is all about talent and things like that. This is more like, that's what Nate Walls was on it. You know, we're looking at art in many different ways. But we, I mean, we're seeing at least of like probably 300 artists. And out of those 300, that's 
this is what we curated. But all through like com- community support, community outreach, getting a lot of feedback from artists, being open to any ideas that people send us. Yeah. And then, so, so you worked on that and I, I really applaud that because honestly, I don't think that there's anything else quite like it in Northwest Arkansas right now. Right. I mean, there's nothing like it. That was also another big part of what we got funding for it to create something that didn't exist here before. And in fact, I mean, I've done a lot of art content. I have a PBS show for eight years, made hundreds of documentaries with lots of, lots of artists. And I can tell you that there is nothing like it during the pandemic anywhere in the country. Yeah. Okay. So create a content like this during the pandemic where people got relief funds to create content. That was pretty unique. And that's what has been a success. And I think we, we will continue to do it for the next few years. Okay. So the, so this is not just a pandemic thing. This is actually going to morph into something else. Right. right. Yeah. And, you know, we have a focus. We've learned a lot from this first season too. So I've also worked with Artist Inc., which is a professional development program for artists for over 10 years. And I've worked with hundreds of artists uh, throughout the region on professional development. And so we found too that this is a great area to focus on. So we can give those mentor skills that other artists can work with artists as well and share those mentor skills so that we can continue to build that scope for artists here as we continue the program. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you guys should probably do a podcast at some point in time. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But I mean, I'm just, my mind is spinning with ideas. But yeah, I think there's a lot of ways to get the word out and, and just let people know what's happening. And I keep saying it over and over again on every episode that I do is that people in Northwest Arkansas tend to really do a good job of taking care of each other. And you see that in a lot of ways that we've seen it with the service workers and the stuff that Jeremy Gothrop and Hannah Withers are doing in the local community to help people. There's a program called Get Shift Done. And I said shift, S-H-I-F-T. Get Shift Done allows service uh, employees that are underemployed or unemployed to work in a kitchen and earn an income while helping other efforts that are taking place in the area. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of collaboration going on here in Northwest Arkansas. That's pretty exciting. Oh yeah. Um, You know, Hannah's awesome. And we actually reached out to her to be featured on one of the Ozcast episodes, but she was too busy doing, you know, all of the work that she's doing to be able to schedule it with the the timeframe that we have, because we're producing a weekly show. And that's, as you know, from doing (laughs) this podcast, that's a lot of work. So the timing is really important too, but yeah, the community here is awesome. Yeah, it is. What so just curious just for my own curiosity, well how what is it the time frame from beginning to end for a, for an episode? How long does it take for you guys to do? Well, there's a lot of components to it, so that's you know, um Mario's the showrunner, so we he outlines the shows, the content fills in the artists and then we reach out to the artists, work with that timing. During the pandemic, we have to move things around for various reasons with the artists, get their content. Sometimes the content needs a little extra work. I pull all the content together together and edit the episodes and I animate them as well. And so just that process of the editing and animating can take you know a couple of days, depending on what that is, the export, the website. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of hours. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I cert like I said, I, I sat and watched several episodes. They are well done. 
they look great on a big screen TV. And I think I watched episode 14, They Poor Hunters is the title of that episode. And there were some great people featured in there. I'd love for you just to kind of talk about how you assembled that particular group and what was some of the um, feedback that you received from this episode so far. Yeah, so so that's a great question. And I just going to take you back to the beginning. Sure. So you can see the timeline of this. So we workshop what the show was going to be. We created a format. We established something that was going to look like a TV show, right? Like a series that was going to grow over time. Mm-hmm. So that's a good question for episode 14. Because if you go back to episode one and you watch all 14 episodes, you can really see the assemble, right? Like how it's made as a TV show from beginning to end. So there's an arc to it. So every episode is there for a reason. Every artist is in a place for a reason. And that's what it takes a lot of our work. If we need to replace somebody, we don't just replace it with anything. We, we have to think about the narrative of it. Sure. For this last part of it, on this episode that you're talking about it, we have several like national artists, people that are really, really well known for their work. So we waited kind of to the end to bring this artist in to create a show with local artists. And actually, you see the, the thing, what I realized the other day just watching this episode is these local artists that we have before, they are just at the same level. They just don't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because we contracted, we commissioned work from national artists, and it's amazing. But it's nothing better than what's already here. Right. And that is really the future of the show. It's, it's totally local. So anyway, so that's, you know, and something that you see without having to say it, but it's obvious that we are looking to showcase, you know, what people will say underrepresented voices, right? Right. But it's not been here. The focus in Northwest Arkansas has been for many years, fine art, world-class art, mostly white art. And really expensive art. <laughs> so that's what we are doing is totally new. And it's really opened people's eyes here in the region, the people that have the money and the power to change things, and they are really listening. And that's been the biggest accomplishment of the show. And that is gonna open and it's already opening doors for all the projects that you were saying, podcast, any other thing. You know, my work with Cas and I'm the director of film and media ecosystem, besides working with Oscars, and the mm-hmm. job is to make these connections, you know, like what you are doing. How right. can we support what you are doing? Right? right. Right. So making this these connections, and I think that's the future of the show. Is yeah. to be able and it was always created as a network. Like that was the original idea. That's my background is to be Oscars the way you, what you see is just one program within a bigger network. And I think that's what we are, are going to continue doing, you know, evolving in, into that space. Okay. And it's, it's really important to look at it too and think of how many collaborations are in each piece. You know, how many hands have touched each piece and bringing in, you know, I'm passionate about connecting artists and the professional development piece and inspiring artists to create. So when we bring in regional and national artists, it's a great opportunity to connect with them to collaborate with them and to continue to grow the network for artists. So, you know, it's, it's a fast pace right now because we have a show a week. So we look forward to being able to slow it down a little bit and really take time to connect these artists and have the artists speak to the community, have panels and things like that. Because I, I imagine as you're watching it, 
you know, you have questions for Pierre Coco, who you mentioned earlier, <laughs> right, you know, and, right. uh, you know, and Jefferson Pender. I mean, yeah, yeah Jefferson. Yeah. I mean, that, listen, I know the Elaine massacre, something that I knew about before I moved to Arkansas. And it is, I thought his little vignette that was part of that episode was very powerful in ways that I can't even describe, but just watch. I mean, anybody listening to this podcast today, you have to watch. I want you to watch all the episodes, but you have to watch episode 14 because of the way that they kind of weaved together all of these disparate stories and they felt connected, which was kind of weird, right? When you think of it. Yeah. And Jefferson Pinder, is a, that's exactly who I was thinking about. You know, he's this national artist that we bring in and he's amazing. And so it's a great opportunity really to bring those connections here and to, to expand our dialogue and really break these down with all of the artists. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, he just, for those that aren't, that haven't watched, he's, he's walking through a cotton field and he just, he basically disappears, but then he comes back again. And it's just, it's, I could not stop looking. I was just, I couldn't look away. It was just the way it was. So I trust me, just go watch it and let us know what you think about it. But I think you guys will be really interested to see how they are representing local artists here in Northwest Arkansas. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And, and Jefferson Penner is a national artist. Where is he based out of? Mario, New York, or? Uh, I don't know where he's right now. He's moving a, a lot. Uh, yeah. Now, did he have any connection to Elaine at all? Was he was his family originally from there, or was he just as moved as a lot of people were by the retelling of that story and what happened in Elaine? He was referred to us, right? He was in the initial workshopping. He was yeah, referred he, to us. He, so we were with... Uh, Crystal Bridges and the Momentary together to select a, like a short list of national artists, people that were doing really cool stuff. And we selected from the list a few. And then he, you know, there were other national artists that have been part of the show that made things like we have somebody making piece in Brazil or other places. Jeff and Son wanted to make a piece that was connected somehow to the region in a different way. He actually, of all the national artists, was the only one who wanted to have that conversation. He didn't want to just be hired to make content. So, you know, he, whatever, he wanted to make something that connected to, you know, to the area. Was that shot in Elaine? I think so. I, I don't know for sure, but I, okay. I think so. Yeah. No, I was, it was pretty moving. I mean, it was, it was moving for me for sure. So I, um, I would encourage anyone to take a look at that and, and, and just, you know, take away from it what they will. So. Yeah. And it looks like he's in Chicago right now. Okay. I'm sure he moves around. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, you said something earlier, Mario, that I just want to come back to. And that's simply that, you know, a lot of times when we think about art, we think of fine art or high art, if you will. And, and you walk into crystal bridges and, I tell people all the time from both coasts, I'm like, listen, I've got an embarrassment of artistic riches in my own backyard. Crystal Bridges has some fine artwork there, but you talk about the importance of making art that people can actually relate to. Not that they can't relate to what's happening at Crystal Bridges, but talk about just the thought process behind how you try to connect 
the average Joe and Jane to the artwork that you guys are sharing with this area? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think that's the kind of just to having that philosophy from the moment we envision this project. I mean, my background, I've done a lot of art content, but I'm not an art critic in any way. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't really care too much about the quality of the final project process. Is I mean, the piece of art, I'm more interested in the process. Right. I mean, it's about the people. So this is like I used to do my show on PBS. I, I always say this is an art show, but it's really not. <laughs> it has nothing to do with art. Art is just an excuse for having a conversation about people. So thinking about it in like, you know, what is art? What is culture? Trying to figure it out. You know, I'm an outsider here. And I like it to be that way <laughs> because then I get to observe people in a different way. So like when I, like, I'll just give you an example. When I, I did this thing in Austin for many years, where I realized right away that the culture there was a DIY culture. And that was my focus always, work with artists that were 100% DIY or as much as possible. So the same thing here, people are, you know, like you say, there's a sense of community. There's a kind of humbleness to it, but also the bitterness of having to share a room with millionaires, right? So there's that, there's something here. Yeah. Uh, and that's what we, we've been trying to explore. That's what it was really, really important to find the artists in like through word of mouth, you know, through the neighborhood, through the people, like who do you know? Because there's a sense here in the community that nobody cares about them. Yeah. You know, yeah. and because they, they so much money here that creates this type of bitterness. And the people that have been here for a while, you know, we just happen to be that all of us are coming here from other places. Right, right. And um, those people feel really bitter about it. So it was hard to have that conversation at the beginning. You know, we are going to do this because the idea was, oh, this has been done before. It's been tried. No, this is not. (laughs) Right. So it was really hard to connect and to find the type of art that we needed at the beginning because there was not really the trust. Now that we have 14 episodes, we don't even have to explain it, you know, because people now come to us. We almost don't have to go to people. People immediately see it. Oh, I get it. This is different. This is different. And now they're treating me, you know, in a different way. And, you know, you have Pura Coco, just an, an example for this. So that's somebody that I heard her name about a year ago. Okay. You know, one of our teammates sent me basically like a link to like an Instagram account. And they look cool, but I didn't know. I couldn't find her music. I didn't know who she was. have no idea. I couldn't find any content anywhere. I knew she had a, a SoundCloud thing. I could hear a couple of songs. So, so this is cool. It took me months and months to figure it out. I didn't even know how to find her email. Okay. She didn't have mm-hmm. any presence anywhere where I could find her email. So I had to start texting people. Do you know Pura Coco? Can I have an email? And then when I reach out to her, I say, well, this is what we want to do. Do you have any content? No, but I had this idea for a music video. I didn't want to do it. She already had the vision for this video. It was in her head. Sure. We have had the conversation with a filmmaker in Texas to make it. They just didn't have excuse to do it and they didn't have the money to do it. Right. And I said, yeah, well, let's go and do it. <laughs> Here's the money to do it. Go do it. And within a few weeks, the video was shot. Beautiful. Looks so professional. It sounds so professional. And it's probably going to change her career. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Because of that moment, now she has this piece of content that she can show anywhere in the world, you know, and people are gonna pay attention to it. Oh, what's next for you? Okay, so that's what we are bringing that was not here before, you know. For her, it was a Springer girl with her friends in Springdale making shows. Now she's more than that, right? Now there's no borders for her anymore. Yeah, and it's important to like the audience. You know, this is we talk about featuring you know, people, communities that are underrepresented, but also that's our audience. You know, we have people like Ballet Folklorico in episode seven, we have, you know, parents of them watching the show. We have the community of artists supporting others, giving shout outs to other artists waiting for it. So it's really, you know, from the beginning to this point, the community that has come together in support of the show and, and of each other has been really inspiring to see. Man, yeah, I'm excited because, I mean, you guys have created a platform, not unlike what I've done with this podcast, because I've actually opened this podcast up to a wide variety of people. People always say to me, well, Randy, why don't you have so-and-so on or this person or this high-level individual? And I do have what you know we would call movers and shakers, but honestly, I like talking to regular people, right, that are doing amazing things. And I think we need to be reminded that even your next door neighbor may be doing something super special and you might not know about it. And uh, it's important to have platforms like yours, like mine, where we can highlight those and celebrate it, right? Because it should be a celebration. It shouldn't be a secret. That's exactly. a title of something, right? <laughs> so I like it that. is. <laughs> I like that. So, well, good. So, so now that you have this first season under your belt, and you almost have the framework to build upon for the next season. How long is it going to take? And I don't mean to put you on the spot for us to have another season of OzCast. Well, it's not going to take that long. I mean, we already basically approved for two more seasons. Okay. So we, that's our safety net for that. And the, the only difference this time, we'll, we'll do more of an open call. So in terms of processes, now that people know what it is, what's expected, we are going to be able to give more funding than we have before, which is going to be exciting to more people. And we don't have a clear timeline, but it will take us just, uh, I don't know, a few months and we'll be back. The difference, like I think, as, as Lisa Marie was saying earlier, we want to spend more time with artists. Yeah. Getting to know them, working with them, mentoring, giving the tools, the connections. So we are going to go into like a monthly format. Because that will give us more time to really spend with the artists. And are you spending time like helping them with branding and everything? Is that part of it? Like just like the the process you had finding Piotr Coco, are you now working with her and saying this is how you sh- you should consider branding yourself? Or- no, and that's exactly the reason why we are going monthly because okay. we are missing a lot of opportunities because of that. Like we basically yeah. here give us the content and now I move on to the next person. You know, it's like we don't have any time to f- give feedback after that. I think now maybe between the end of this season, which is this week and next season, maybe we'll have time to go back to everybody and say, here, this is give us your feedback. We'll give you our feedback. Let's talk about how it went. There are plenty of people that I think didn't do their best because we didn't push them enough. Right. right? There were people that I think could do much more than they did. With the resources and the time, we just we were not there for there for yeah. for the whole thing because we couldn't. And 
Yeah, and to connect them to resources. And those resources are other artists as well. And so we're, you know, by creating this amazing pool and network of artists who have participated in OzCast, you know, there's such power in learning from each other and creating these collaborations as well. And so I think that's a great opportunity that we we want to hone in on for the next seasons to be able to give them those resources and that direction to, and take the time to be able to do that so that everybody can, you know, push themselves and have access to create quality work. And also through past, we are going to, which is a big thing that is coming up. We are going to provide tools and training. So part of another program that we are starting now is we are going to have a equipment lending library for people that want to create content. And we, with that, we are going to provide training. So we are going to do lots of different classes. So that's going to all build on what we are already doing. And then the biggest thing is that our goal is to broadcast this show. So it's going to be, end up being on TV. And in order to do that, we need to have everybody creating broadcast quality content. Right. Right. So the best, there was content that we used this season that would not make it into TV. Sure. For different reasons. Something's, you know. Sound, video, I mean, it yeah, all yeah. plays so was, into yeah. it. You know, we didn't do like a proper sound mixes for everybody. We didn't have the time or resources to do it. But, you know, so it's like somebody come with a new piece for next season. If you want to have your piece eventually on TV, this is the standard. And if right. you don't meet the standard, you won't be on TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's going to be a, a bit more professional with people demanding a bit more that I think for them, that's what they need. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, I think, you know, people don't know what they don't know, right? And so it's important to be able to expose them. I'm always learning new things. I've been doing podcasting now since 2009, but I still learn little tips and tricks about audio and audio enhancement and little things like that. So you, there's always an opportunity to be learning something new. Oh, yeah, especially with, you know, technology changes and all of that. You got to stay learning to stay growing. (laughs) That's it. That's it. Well, listen, anybody that's listening to this particular episode of the podcast that's really moved by what you guys are sharing, how can they get in touch with you? So check out the website, ozcast.art, O-Z-C-A-S-T dot art, and you can contact us there, you know. I've had a few people connect with us about sharing their work. We will be putting out a call for artists. And so we're wrapping up this season. This week, episode 15 is the finale for this season. And we have a newsletter on the site that people can sign up for so we can send out more information as we update that. But feel free to, you know, drop us drop us an email through there. And in the meantime, we're going to be adding more information on the site as to how people can get involved. So they'll, if they're, I guess for the next season and everything, there'll be a, like maybe an op- open call for artists and, or something along those lines. Exactly. Okay. And we'll make sure we push that out on our social platforms. Cause I, I know a lot of people that are artistically talented and would probably uh, be a good fit for what you're looking for. So we sure we'll be sure to spread the word. So awesome. Yeah. Mario, any last thoughts from you? No, thanks a lot for having us. Yeah, we're looking forward to, you know, another season. Absolutely. And we are uh, we are always open to uh, people's feedback, recommendations from that. Like that was to the top, you know. Sure. Anybody that takes the time to write an email to us, 
that always goes first, you know? So any questions that people have, any comments, uh, we love that. Okay. Um, yep. All right. Perfect. Well, I appreciate that. Lisa Marie Evans and Mario Troncoso from OzCast. You've got to check it out. Visit OzCast.art. You can um, watch all of the episodes for the first season there, all the way up to, at the time of this recording, episode 14. Episode 15 comes out the week that we're recording this. And uh, if you're listening to this podcast at a later time, just check out OzCast.art and uh, watch some of those episodes especially episode 14 and and just ping me and let me know what you think about that and how it resonated with you. I would love to get that feedback. And uh, I suspect that pretty soon we might be seeing Peter Coco on, um, you know, late night TV as the, uh, the music set or something like that. So this young lady is very talented and she's from Springdale. So that's cool. Thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That's it. Well, folks, that's another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or to read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with this and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast comes out every Monday. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here next week for a new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Peace. hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.